um, there is more than what you need at that particular instant. So therefore, there is a lot of nurturing that has to be done. So it's a culmination of intent and being able to deliver what one needs at the right time and at the right place. So this seems a little vague even, but I think one thing that performance marketing really does is it fast tracks your business goals. So the process of getting to your business goals, uh, which more often than not are defined as you know, your sales targets or the number of customers you need to acquire and things like that. Performance marketing is able to get you there a lot faster. So in a way, what I'm hearing you say is that the dust particle size sorter was exactly what Subai and I needed to purchase a Dyson vacuum cleaner. <laughs> And that's the performance marketing component and the ad is simply a subset. Yes. So ads sort of feed into your entire performance marketing piece. So your performance marketing piece identifies the right cohort of people that you want to talk to, feed them the right content on the right platforms and finally get them into a funnel where they move from awareness to actual purchase. And a lot of the times it doesn't end at purchase also. So they will then go ahead, for instance, if Subha actually ends up picking up the Dyson vacuum cleaner, she will come back to you and say, hey, Hasika, I'm having a great experience. I think you should do it too. So it's almost mm. a flywheel concept. It's not really a funnel anymore. So that's what us marketers are always gunning for. I just have a quick follow-up on what you just said about the flywheel concept. Uh, so when Subha comes and recommends the vacuum cleaner to me, like she just did, and I think all three of us are also going to buy uh, <laughs> vacuum cleaners in the near future. Uh, how do you tie that back to whatever the brand did in terms of impacting Subha? Is there a way to do that? Sure. One of the ways that, that a lot of brands have seen success is in having a loyalty program. Um, there are multiple different ways in which you can reward people for going ahead and spending a little bit of their effort in time in telling others about their experience. Very simple. Just yesterday, I picked up a pair of um, leggings from Bliss Club and I have been hearing great things about them. I have heard multiple amazing things from very close friends. And immediately after I finished my purchase, they did not lose any time in giving me a 20% off for telling my wow. friends about it. So both me and my friend would get a flat 20% off on our next purchase, which I think is remarkable. Right? Wow, so yeah. those kind of things create the urgency and also that rewarding mechanism is, is what a lot of people buy into. Nismaya, what I'm hearing also is that just using the tools on the platform is not enough. Like I would assume that, okay, if I go to an Instagram ad page and, you know, kind of tinker around with the settings and find an audience, et cetera, that's probably not enough. This needs deep expertise and uh, someone who has kind of dedicated a lot of learning into the kind of ad space. Would that be right? Is that where some of us as business owners are going wrong, thinking that the platform has our best interest at heart? Well, we can all hope that the platform has our best interest at heart. Um, but I think a little bit of effort needs to go into understanding your audience first. Right? What are the things that motivate them? What are the things that trigger them? How can you cajole them into becoming a part of your community? So unless 
put in that effort in understanding their life and their life cycle, um, the stages of life that they are in, it becomes very difficult for you to reel them in with the right content. So initially, I mean, identifying the motivations and identifying the behavioral patterns of people is literally the first step of your customers, right? Like it's, it's literally the first step. Then later on, you feed those learnings into the platform and see what the platform is going to throw back at you. For instance, if I'm saying for Bliss Club, the people that I want to target are women who are no longer conforming to the standard body size or the dimensions of, you know, 32, 24, 32, whatever it is, and who are actually looking for solutions for movement. That's a very vague definition. Right? Though in the books of marketing, it is precise and I have a cohort ready. But what does that amount to when you actually start putting in the targeting on the ad platforms? I need to find surrogates. I need to find probably things that they are following, things that they are doing, things that you know they, they, they conform to in terms of ideologies. So only after I'm able to identify these, will I then be able to have a targeting which works. And then for that particular targeting, what is the content that I can use to mm. sort of get them on that particular platform? Sometimes, you know, when doom scrolling, you don't even pay attention to a lot of the ads that are being served to you. So how do I get somebody's attention when they're scrolling and and just browsing through reels and watching dance Very movements after dance movements? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's literally what what needs to be done. So to that effect, I would say either have a very in-depth knowledge, do a complete analysis of your audience, understand them very deeply, or get somebody to do that for you. Right? Because by virtue of having navigated through the platform, through you know multiple different brands that are trying to reach out to several different cohorts, your expert will be able to add some amount of value. And that is where you'll be able to short circuit the entire process of getting to your success metrics at the end of it. So it's a very symbiotic process, essentially, in the sense that... Yeah, so the business owner and the expert are both kind of working in tandem to essentially identify user behavior first and then use Correct. the platform only to the end of scaling an effort like that. Interesting. Correct. Correct. Uh, I have I have one thing to add over here. I just have one example. Sure. We were working with a B2B client and these guys are into sustainability and sustainability solutions for real estate is something that they have developed as a product. Now, we wanted to get the attention of builders because those are the ones who are going to be the decision makers ultimately for this particular product. But we went about it in a manner which we thought made sense, right? Because we've seen success with B2B clients on LinkedIn through Google Ads because also the search intent is very high on Google. But after about two months, we finally said, hey, you know what? We've changed our content. We've changed our landing page. We've changed our targeting. We've changed our budgets. Something doesn't seem to be working at all. That is when we realized that we have to talk to a few people who have already adopted the product. 
Hmm. Hmm. We interviewed about three, four people who have already adopted the product. We realized that the USPs that they cited were quite different from what the client was telling us. Even if the client, because the clients tend to get extremely excited about everything that they've created. So they cannot be objective about what is really important for their end the customer, hmm. right? So when we when we spoke to them, it was a completely different story. The second thing that then happened was we asked them, listen, where do you get your real estate news from? Do you spend enough time on LinkedIn trying to look at what other peers in the industry are talking about? Do you have enough time to go through news articles? They just categorically said we do not get our information from social media. Now, for two months, we've been going about it the completely wrong way. Right? So ultimately, when we ask them, so where do you identify your vendors? Where do you then go ahead and find out whom you want to talk to? They said expos and also newsletters sent by like FedEx. So wow. that's where we realized that. Sometimes, even before you start off the entire process, it's very important not just to get your brief from the client, but to also talk to people who have adopted the product and find out what's working for them and what isn't. And that is where a lot of research sort of comes to the fore. Right? We, we marry our experience with the amount of research that we're doing and then finally come up with solutions that actually, actually make sense in the long term. I think, Hachita, this is a good reminder of something we spoke about in the earlier episode, that you fundamentally have to know your customer well first before you start on all these marketing efforts, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I was just reading an article uh, from Y Combinator yesterday, and they say if you're you know, in business, just focus on two things, know your user and find out where your revenue is coming from. So that's the only two things that actually matter in any business. So this is a good reminder of that. Uh, Vismay, I wanted to ask you, uh, this is a question that I'm sure you get quite a lot of and all of us do in a way. Uh, Mm -hmm. How soon can we expect results from performance marketing, assuming we are starting from scratch? Great. I would say, much to the dismay of a lot of people who might be listening (laughs) to this podcast, it completely depends on the brand that we're working with. So the brand life cycle is something which is extremely, extremely important to consider when we're promising these numbers and success metrics as well. So that is one aspect. And performance marketing cannot stand on its own. It needs other things to sort of bolster it. So literally, like think of this as surround sound. It is not Mm -hmm. just one speaker, which is giving you all the information that you need and converting you into a music junkie. It has to give you that experience. So you can't just go at it unidimensionally, just keep running ads. Just say that, hey, you know what? I have greatest landing page, a very compelling ad, and I have the target down pat, and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of these six months in order to get to my leads. You will not be successful. You will need to have strategy around how you can give them the right kind of content, give them the right kind of help at the right time so that they think of you when they actually need your product or your service. So to that effect, I would say there are two aspects, right? One is your brand building process. The second part is where you have very defined success metrics and and you deploy performance marketing for that. So without having built a brand, 
expecting the results is as good as saying that i am not ready to put in the work but i want you to marry me so just just taking the whole analogy of courtship forward so it's it's literally that you know i am I literally want- going to take that piece you just said and make it my audiogram put it on whatsapp put it on instagram <laughs> go ahead and do that <laughs> it's it's literally that like i'm i'm not ready to work on myself i'm not ready to build something that you're going to like but marry me for because I i'm everywhere i'm everywhere yeah. so just yeah. like let's yeah. just seal the deal yeah exactly right so and i feel like that's the wrong way of going about business so you can have a good performance marketing base but if your product is not able to deliver you will fail faster so to come back to the question that you asked how soon can you start seeing results i would say go about it scientifically do a pilot see spend a small amount of money see what kind of results you are able to achieve because when you start off you also define your metrics very loosely right because you have absolutely no benchmark and let me tell you this even if there are two brands operating in the same vertical with very similar um backgrounds they will both have very different results when it comes to performance marketing so can yeah. you imagine when people come back and say hey but i am seeing that retail client getting more business and why am i in the sustainability space not getting a lot of business right so it is really not the same thing yeah because right. the market isn't ready in in the sense that it's ready for a toothpaste it's not ready for a sustainability solution exactly so, yeah exactly. and also i think that's very important to call out uh, you know in the sense that performance marketing is not a way to accelerate a sales cycle it's only a way to enhance the sales cycle correct absolutely correct so i think um being able to do that pilot then offers you the required benchmarks and then later on you can figure out what your quarterly targets need to be what your you know biannual targets need to be and things like that and only then will you be able to also figure what are the intervention points because you can't keep feeding the same ad or multiple different ads to your customer and leave them there right you have multiple touch points how are you going to engage them in all these touch points how are you going to give them value on each of these touch points because it's again not about push marketing all the time right there has to be some sense of getting them into your fold and the way you do that matters the most so you can see results in 3 months you can see results in 6 months but what you definitely need is a lot of patience to work with the agency that you hire or the performance marketing expert that you hire to get onto the job to understand your business to understand the landscape that they are operating in and then actually trust them to do their work <laughs> yes problem. trust them trust them please please <laughs> <laughs> but you know in reality all this courtship and wooing is an expensive affair right lot of 200 300 bucks of coffee and expensive popcorn at the movies <laughs> so what's the smallest budget that you've seen ads succeed you know we have seen results in as little as 2000 rupees this is for oh. b2c clients um and and thankfully we had the support of the client over there who just said hey listen just go ahead and experiment do whatever it takes but we also as a team are very cognizant of the people that we're working with so we work with a lot of brands 
um, where the companies are bootstrapped and we are empathetic towards the founders and the fact that they are spending a lot of money to get the results that they think that they managed to get. So in this particular case, we had um, the support of the client who gave us the right kind of content, who also gave us enough flexibility and room for us to experiment on different platforms with different targeting. That also is very important. When you feel like a surveillance camera on you all the time and you have to report every half an hour, it becomes very difficult to think straight. So even the things that you'd want to do, if given a chance to or the flexibility to, you will end up not doing only because the client is being super conservative. So, like I said, 2000 is what we saw great results in. There was a sudden spike in app downloads. There was uh, a sudden spike in the engagement rates that we saw on the platform. So we have managed to see results. But I don't know what specific vertical you're talking about. If it's a B2B client, then forget about 2000. <laughs> it's not going oh, to okay. happen. Huh. <laughs> yeah. And so when you say 2000, you mean... They spend 2,000 rupees a day on the ads that they set up, right? No, it was for huh. a three-day period. And okay. we okay. spent 2,000 on the whole for the entire campaign. Okay, as a campaign. Okay. Yeah, it was, so that... it was just a pilot. And hmm. we hmm. wanted to make sure that we're, we're not caught in the wrong jump. We hmm. wanted to make sure that this is something that actually is working for the client. And if things needed to be changed, we'd rather do that when we're piloting than when we are ready to spend a lot more. Makes sense. And I think that's that's a reasonable ask from the marketer to say that, you know, 2000 for a campaign to test if it works. And uh, also makes sense that this will probably have better results in B2C where you are okay to hit a wider target. But in B2B, you really may need to spend more just yeah, to yeah. focus on the right folks, right? In fact, that Absolutely. was my next question as well. Uh, so assuming we are just kind of throwing averages around a typical B2B business, uh, what kind of budgets are we, you know, kind of telling them to test with? Like what is a test budget in your mind for a B2B client? For all the B2B clients that we've worked with, we've set, set aside about 50 grand for testing. And Understood. this is also primarily because LinkedIn as a platform, which is which which generally works with your B2B clients, yeah. um, is prohibitively expensive. expensive. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. You can get uh, an engagement on, on, on Instagram for as little as 40 pies. But on LinkedIn, that's not the case. It's upwards of 40, 50 rupees per click. And it's a yeah, lot more clicks can add up. Yeah, the clicks can just add up very, very quickly, even as you sleep. So. Correct. Absolutely yeah. correct. So we tell them that, you know what, do your um, pilot for, even if it is for 15 days or 20 days, doesn't matter, but set aside about 50,000 so that you can figure out the right kind of targeting that you need and whether this platform is working for you at all. Got it. One last um, quick question, Vismaya, before we jump into a fun segment. Mm-hmm. What has been the most uh, kind of memorable campaign for you? <laughs> I had two very, very important campaigns that I ran, um, and both of them are like equally memorable, but for different reasons. So the first campaign I ran as an independent freelancer, and this was like fresh out of my agency. 
I didn't have a lot of experience running performance marketing campaigns, and this was when I was actually like learning the ropes. So this was for um, FFX Festival, and um, oh yes, FFX oh is, yes, <laughs> the FFX in, story is legendary, guys. Please check out our footnotes to know what we are talking about. This woman pulled off something magical over there. <laughs> thank you. Um, so FFX season one was running, I think, in twenty uh, nineteen. No, 2018, and people don't know what the concept of being a creator is because in their heads, creators are artists, illustrators, people who are doing things that are traditionally considered to be creative. And this was supposed to be a creators festival happening for the first time in India. It it was going to be a residential festival, five days, and people were asked to pay. a sub- substantially high sum of money right like per yeah, ticket yeah. it was 25 grand at that point in time so it was a live event it was about 3 4 days yes. correct it went yeah yes yeah. yes and um, basically we were asking people to just place their trust in us and trust in our ability to pull off an event right and that was challenging because there was no precedence there was nothing like that at that point in time um and to get people to pay a high sum of money and also you're targeting people who are like in their early 20s late 20s early 30s who may or may not have the kind of money so to make that compelling argument and say that this is something that's going to benefit you in the long run and also pick the right set of people because this was an invite only event so there were a lot of moving parts yeah. so the biggest challenge that i faced over there was how do you get people who don't know who you are to actually say here take my money and now give me a good experience in year 2 things got slightly better because we had a great first year so obviously bigger budgets um we were also looking at a higher number of participants and then smack bang in the middle of us trying to run those events uh, was when the entire nation sort of broke into a frenzy and we had the whole nrc caa protests and that was the worst time for you to be saying hey come have a great experience with us in fact in coffee yeah when the entire nation is just up in arms and and rightly so right and it was it was very difficult for us to convince people that this was an experience that they deserved especially when there was this state of apathy all around and this is why i keep harping on the fact that being aware of macroeconomic factors your socio political scenarios is extremely important as a marketer regardless of whether you're a performance marketer or a corporate marketer whatever it is try to figure out what you should say to be sensitive and sensible so we had to pause our campaign and believe you me that did affect a lot of things for us because you you have a short stipulated four month period to run your entire ads um get sign up get people interested in the whole thing pick out the right set of people send them the invite get them to pay whether they wanted to do the payment in one step two steps whatever it is and then put the entire event together so there are a lot of things that are dependent on us as performance marketing experts so we had to unfortunately pause it 
and then when we did pick up we picked up an empathetic angle and that's where the content team's role actually i think is super important where we said you know it's important for us to show up for the right causes and learn how we can be more effective when we are doing those things yeah i'm just going to sneak in that quote from albus dumbledore where he says words are in my not so humble opinion the most inexhaustible source of magic so thank you is that really is Absolutely. a case study for the times thank you Absolutely. so much i'm so glad <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the much awaited topic al topic al guys get it get it get it they get it <laughs> So for this episode Vismaya we are going with uh, what your internal dialogue is when this happens okay Vismaya can you run a pilot campaign please in my head it's it, it's this aarti thali and then i'm saying aaye aapka intezar tha literally that thank you so very much for believing that we can run a pilot campaign instead of just saying hey bring me these i am done I have experienced everything. I've experimented with everything. Just get me these. But yeah, if if you give me the opportunity to run a pilot campaign, I will probably um, yeah fall on your feet and just be like, thank you so very much. <laughs> that that's a very interesting take. Okay, Vismaya, increase the budget a little. Yeah, I'm sure it'll work. <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking it's your money. I'd gladly do it. But then <laughs> I'm also not somebody. who half asses work and who actually realizes and recognizes the importance of money regardless of whether it's yours or mine so i would um try very patiently to then be like hey you know what maybe that's not the problem the problem is a lot deeper you you can't symptomatically treat something and hope that the disease disappears so yeah <laughs> that's the internal dialogue okay so the next one is This man, this audience size is too small. <laughs> um, in in these cases, I typically want to ask them, "What do you think your audience size actually is?" I know people who've come back and said, "Hey, yeah, everybody needs my product." I have people yeah. in FNB who are just like, "Who's your audience?" Everybody, Everyone. because everybody can have this. No, uh, they can sit around the table. and pass pass on this thing that i've created and literally everybody can eat it in the family including the elders the youngsters everyone so everybody is my teacher so the reverse is also true where they come back and say that why have you made my audience size so tight because it doesn't seem like only it's that yeah only only 2 lakh people are in need of my product and then you have to go into the depths of explaining to them how you will have a lot of lemons sitting on your page if you run it run the ad to a wider set of audience and then how that is counterproductive so yeah 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 now for some platform problems actually you know that time when linkedin says the credit card for running ads has been declined please reach out to your billing admin <laughs> why is he paying for it <laughs> This maybe hurts. not. <laughs> this hurts because this happens so often. We've literally started taking two three days in a campaign when we promise stuff, 
to just set up the platform and wait around to see if the platform throws up any errors, especially when it comes to payment stuff. I you know, it's, it's just so annoying. And like right now, I've just come to a point where I say, oh, okay, I know how to fix this. And then <laughs> I will reach out to them directly because more often than not, they will respond and they will just be like, that was a mistake on our part. But it but hurts. It hurts in your soul because hurts. you were thinking the ad was running all night and then you wake up in the I morning swear. and it wasn't. It, yeah. I swear. I have one very specific example also to give over here. So we had this client who came to us for a performance marketing piece and we had to run a campaign for 15 days. Okay, They had uh, a week that they were celebrating. It was an event. And this week is extremely important to them because this sets the tone for how much budget they can get from their global counterparts in the next year and things like that. Mm. Now we have gone ahead and we've prepped the stage, right? Like one month before the actual week, we have put out content, we've been promoting stuff and everything. But even for us to go ahead and do that, um, there were hiccups because clients had forgotten the password to oh, man. Facebook business manager. And we did some jagad. We went ahead, um, tried to figure out a, a sneaky backdoor way of figuring ads out. We managed to run it for a few days. But then the platforms are also smart. They're like, we noticed some suspicious activity. So we're going to block your ad account. Oh, damn. And finally, when we managed to get it open, they had restricted our payments they did not want us to use the same credit card. We had to look for alternate credit cards. It's a whole mess of a situation. Now, when you have a very short burst campaign that you run, your success metrics are also tied in very tightly to how best you can execute the entire campaign. Yeah, now and then the that week the is campaign. spent in housekeeping. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then at the end of the campaign, if the client turns around and he's like, but you guys promised numbers, which I'm not seeing here. It almost feels like they were being super blind to the entire process and what landed in, uh, as in that soup, really, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the platforms are, uh, they, they are. They have a mind know, of their own, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> For, for these kind of things. And it's not fun being a performance marketing person when you have to deal with all of that. Yeah. But you know what, uh, Vismaya, like, yes, Abchodo, like, finally, you know, ads haven't worked for us in the past. So just please, please open your large orange heart and just get me results. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions for you. <laughs> right from who are your ads? Where did they lead to? What were your success metrics and your objectives? To literally think, did you actually give that person or yourself enough time to say that, okay, this is not working for me, right? So unless and until I have like a complete um, case file of sorts, I, I don't even <laughs> entertain that conversation because, yeah. It's kind of like that... Uh... Yeah. You know, homeopathic doctor who starts with where were you born and how was your thoda trust karo, thoda trust karo. The world runs on faith and clearly so does performance marketing. Oh. And uh, 
Yeah, we hope this episode uh, helps you have a little more faith, I guess. And uh, if there are any questions at all, you can find us on LinkedIn. Uh, our LinkedIn profiles are in the show notes. Please, please do reach out to us and tell us what you think. And if you have any performance marketing questions, I'm going to take the liberty to direct you in the general direction of Vismaya. Please ask her because she knows she knows what she's talking about. And you also now know what not to ask or what not to say to a performance marketer. So hope yeah. that helps too. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, Hasita and Subha. Thank you so very much for this. Thank you. Thank you, Vismaya, for joining us today. And thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you took away something valuable from this episode. Do tell us what you think. If you like this episode, we have more coming. Please follow us on a podcast platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much and see you next time. Bye.